You've planned your wedding. Now let the real fun begin, creating your registry. The Crate and Barrel Wedding Registry is packed with thousands of items that see you through a lifetime of breakfast in bed and Thanksgiving family dinners. Whether you need an upgrade all across the board or you come to the table with some items that you already love, our wedding registry experts are there to guide you every step of the way. Plus, with group gifting, your family and friends can go in together on that dream gift, like the Petri sofa. So go for it. Start your Crate and Barrel registry now at crateandbarrel.com slash wedding dash registry. Do you know what it will entice you to clean if your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products? Well, enter Clorox they can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, it cleans like Clorox, and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. This is a really like emotional day for the podcast. Uh, not only am I super tired, like ridiculously exhausted, uh, I am also without my co-host Ashley Haben. Oh. Oh, what are we gonna do about this? Is she it's, no is longer it... Ashley? I we have. I don't asked. know. We haven't asked her. Oh. She's married. Honestly, it's another human being when you say Ashley Haven. 
totally. so crazy. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it, and I'm tired, and I can't process it. Uh, this is the day after the Ashley and Jared extravaganza, the wedding of the millennia. We are here live talking about paradise because that's how much we love the show. <laughs> but I'm I'm pooped. I'm pooped. I'm Wait, so where are you right now? Um, I'm in Newport. I'm right where uh, the wedding took place. Jessica actually just left to jump on a flight, and uh, and I stuck around for an evening to do the podcast and to talk to you all. We have Tori and Danielle in studio along with Easton. Um, we like to call them uh, the magic behind the scenes, uh, the engine um, that keeps this thing moving. But today they're going to sit here and talk to me because there's just so much to process that I we, we all want to make sure that we get it all out there. So let me start here, though. Um, if, if anybody didn't know that listened to the podcast, Ashley got married yesterday. She Woo! got married. To wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Um, she got married to Jared, Jared Haven, who is a good friend of mine, uh, from Caitlin season, the bachelorette. But I tell you one thing, there was a lot of anticipation behind this wedding. And I think for two reasons and you all in studio, please tell me if I'm wrong. And, and all of you out there, I've been loving the tweets. We got hundreds of tweets this week from you all. Tagging the Almost Famous podcast. I tried to go through and like them all uh, just to show you that we we were watching. Uh, but be, please uh, send in your opinions. Anyways, there was a ton of anticipation behind this wedding for two reasons. One, this love story has been incredible, and we've been able to watch it for years and years and years. And we're fans of these two. But two, it's Ashley. And we've always known that Ashley's wedding day was something that she was like, like always pumped for, always prepping for. And so there was so much kind of nerves that I even had as I was getting ready for the wedding, thinking out of any wedding I've ever been to, this is the one that I know was most, most anticipated by the bride. And it did not fail. It did not fall short. It was absolutely magical. Uh, let me walk through a few of the details. Um, I stayed in the house with uh, Nick Vile, uh, Chris Strandberg, who was Cupcake on Caitlin's season, and, and Dean Ungler, and then Jessica – uh, stayed at her cousin's house and would come back and forth. So we got to spend a ton of time together, uh, which was absolutely incredible. It was fun uh, for Jessica to be able to meet so many people from the Bachelor franchise. She had been down and, and met some people before, but this is the first time she'd been surrounded by by some of uh, some of my closest friends all in one room. And and so we get ready for this wedding, and to find out the wedding, the chapel was right across the street from where our Airbnb was. We walk in, and there's I'm not kidding you, the the street is lined with Newport's finest taking pictures as we walk it. Like it looked like it looked like what I imagined the royal wedding. Like people were standing across the street with security blocking them from the entrance to the chapel. It, it made I, Ashley had to feel so loved. It was the Oscars of bachelor weddings. Yeah. It really, it was. really was. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean there was literally people standing on both sides of the street and we walked so like our Airbnb sat kind of right across the street from the K Chapel and um, the Viking Hotel. And so as we walk out of our lane and turn the corner, then all these people are there. And the last time I had a bunch of people lining a road uh, for me was during my half marathon, and I was jacked. I thought, this, you know, <laughs> there's an adrenaline rush to walk through a group of people. Feels good. Um, but, yeah, this, the ceremony was awesome. Milan Gale did the ceremony, who was a, uh, the executive producer on The Bachelor during a lot of the seasons that Ashley was on. He's no longer with the show, but he, he did the, the one ceremony. Is he the with, like, the really long, like, frizzy yeah. kind of hair? Yeah, it's, okay. like, uh, curly and crazy. And um, he writes now a lot for, for Netflix and for horror films. And uh, But he, he he's a big personality. 
and a, an extremely intelligent guy and just a really fun guy to talk to. Uh, but eccentric is a good word to use to describe him. And he wrote a very eccentric but very personal, very personal um, ceremony that talked about – he compared this a little behind the scenes. He compared Ashley to being a goldfish. <laughs> to where when she sees – she lives in this glass bowl that's hard on all sides. And when she sees something, she goes after it as hard as she can. And then she runs into the side of the bowl. And then it hits her nose. And it stops her. her and, and she cries and she's hurt. And she feels it. it. It's painful. And then she gets back up on her feet. Or I guess if you're a goldfish, you start swimming again. And you look at the other side of the bowl and there's something you want. And you swim over to it and you hit your nose. And you just keep doing that. You just keep bouncing back and forth across the bowl because you believe there's a big world out there full of possibilities and intrigue. Yet there's this there's this bowl that's stopping you. And he compared Jared to the bowl to where he wouldn't stop her anymore. That he 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 would be the one that she could live with within this bowl safely without hitting her nose. That he would be the protective force around her. Um, that he would allow her to be her biggest and best self while she was still trying to 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 push through the sides and continue to hit her nose that Jared be the one that says no you can you can live with me and, and within me and I'll be the guide to help you get there and it was really beautiful the whole ceremony worked uh, Jessica looked over at me halfway through the ceremony because people were crying and laughing all at the same time Aww. and she goes, I've never been to a ceremony that's felt so personal. Like it just felt like Ashley and Jared. Ashley sneezed halfway in between the ceremony. <laughs> um, their dogs walked down the aisle. Uh, oh she God. kept looking out at the audience and doing her like Ashley smile face. That you can't tell she's <laughs> crying or smiling. Um, it was wonderful. I and, literally uh, got chills from that goldfish Aww. thing yeah, analogy. That, that was it's so perfect for them. So perfect. It, it really is when you find that kind of safe comfort, right? Um, that can then be your partner that loves you unconditionally and that wants to be your support. It's a really beautiful thing. And that's what Ashley and Jared have. I mean, if you look at their dynamic, Ashley is emotional. She feels deeply. Um, she's sporadic. She's passionate. She's purpose-filled. And she sets her sights on something and goes after it and doesn't really know kind of what's going on around her while she's pursuing these things. And then you have Jared, who's calm, collected, patient, um, who doesn't, who loves his comfort zone, who maybe doesn't, he has goals and is driven, but yet he doesn't always know how to step foot to do them. And so the, between the two of them, they're the perfect match. And we've always known this. Bachelor Nation has always known that Jared and Ashley were meant for each other. Uh, always known that Jared and Ashley were something special. We were just waiting for them to figure it out. And the fear came really even for us on this podcast at some one point in Ashley's life that she was like they, they were never going to figure it out. I mean, we sat with her when Ashley and Jared, which she would tell us, no, it's no longer ever going to be a thing. Right. Emotional. You know, that's a scary moment to look back on now. Right. But full circle. Yeah. Look at them now. I know. <laughs> and then we just have so many questions to ask you. So we're going to do some rapid fire. Perfect. But before we do that, let's take a quick break and talk about some of our sponsors. Hey guys, I know that you're probably tired of hearing about wedding talk, but I'm sorry. I can't talk enough about the great items we've gotten from our Crate and Barrel registry. We recently got a KitchenAid mixer. It comes in this exclusive color. It's super nice. It's a shaded palm and steel blue mixer. And I've never really used a professional, you know, fancy mixer before, but now that I'm an adult in a 
committed relationship living together. I'm getting fancy household products for hosting and such. And I also like to treat Jared to some of his favorite desserts. This man is a dessert man. I am more of a like a foodie. I like dinner. He likes dessert. So I've been making some cookies for him. Chocolate chip is our mutual favorite. He loves any sort of baked good, and I've been making it on our new KitchenAid mixer. This one specifically is exclusive to Crate and Barrel because it comes in that shaded palm and steel blue color. It looks so good in our kitchen. It's a standout. It's the kind of thing that you want to keep out on the counter because it looks like you know what you're doing in the kitchen. You know what I mean? And it looks like you're an adult. Anyway, the KitchenAid mixer is just one of the items that has been coming in from their crate and barrel registry and it's just been really classifying the house because all of these crate and barrel items are timeless they are classic and they're never going to go out of style you can start your crate and barrel registry now at crateandbarrel.com slash wedding dash registry again if you are engaged and you're looking for some timeless classic pieces you definitely need to do a crate and barrel registry and you can start that now at crateandbarrel.com slash wedding dash registry all right coming back in uh danielle and tori and easton feel free to chime in where you want to i know you uh you're super intrigued about everything happening at the Iconetti Haven wedding uh, in Newport, Rhode Island this weekend. Definitely. It seemed like, honest, I, I had a lot of FOMO. Uh, so much FOMO. Like, I had to stop watching stories at certain points because I was like, the boat ride, the games, the weather. The whole, the whole weekend when I was looking at pictures, I literally was thinking that Ashley was Princess Jasmine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it looks everything like it. she wore, yeah. I was like, was, you were literally a Disney no, princess. No, it was princess. Yeah. 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 And she changed dresses at like strategic times. I saw times. that. It was wild. I've, but she, have you ever seen Ashley do that face where she kind of becomes a model for a second? Right. She like gets really serious, mm-hmm. and you can't tell if she's like trying too hard or just like naturally that. Like she did that. She did that face, and she walked into the, the uh, reception. She did that face, and the whole like. Like it was, she's done that face many times. I guess I should say that was the she pulled it off perfectly in that moment. It was like it was like Zoolander. Everything came together for that moment, and the (laughs) world stopped when Ashley walked in. Before we get started on the rapid fire, crazy fact here: their reception was at a place that the original Great Gatsby was filmed. It's called Rosecliff. It is the most in in True Lies's uh, dance scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger was filmed there. It is the most amazing place. You walk out from this mansion into the backyard and it opens up for like five acres to the water, to the ocean. And there's a huge fountain in the middle. I don't know how many times in life and listeners, I'm sure you've, you've had this where you see something and like everything slows down. It's the, one of the most beautiful things that you've ever seen. This their, their reception was really that they had these like rows. I called them this morning. I saw Ashley before they left on their honeymoon. I said, Ashley, you're, your your rose uh your rose deals in the middle of the table were beautiful like they're huge and she goes they're actually rose bushes that they put in the middle of the table these like huge massive rose bushes sat in the middle of each table at the ceremony and were lifted up like 10 foot in the air it was i don't know it's wild i'm from jessica and i talked about today i'm from indiana like i'm used to a pulled pork barbecue buffet not kidding, and I, I don't nothing against. It. I really enjoy those. <laughs> the bride and, like, and groom burger. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I'm used to for weddings. This thing was spectacular. Okay, so I'm gonna slow down. I'm gonna stop. 
I would love for you all to rapid fire me with questions. I want to answer them the best I can. And uh, and then we'll move on to breaking down this week's episode of Bachelor in Paradise. Perfect. Danielle, you want to go first? Sure. Okay, I want to know who cried first, Ben or, ben or Ashley. <laughs> well, that's a great question. That is a really good question. I'm going to throw you in this now. Who cried first, Ben, so you, Ashley or Jared? Jared cried first. I cried second. Ashley cried third. Uh, oh. I cried when Ashley walked down the aisle and Jared looked at Ashley. I started crying. And then I think Ashley cried when she got up on stage. Oh, my gosh. Well, that brings me to my question. Who did you look at first, Jared? Once the door's open for the bride, Jared or Ashley? Jared. I had my eyes on Jared and because that's one of my favorite parts of any mo- um, uh, wedding. And I don't know if – please write in with what your favorite parts are mm-hmm. at the Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com. But my favorite part is watching the groom's face as the bride comes in. Right. Yeah. Hey, Ben. This is Easton, a uh, first-time caller, a long-time uh, engineer here. I, I, have a, <laughs> I have a question about those, those Dunkin' Donuts that had you on them. How did that work? How did that happen? Yeah. Yeah, so what Easton's talking about is at the end of the night, the gift as we walk out were two donuts. And one of the donuts had a picture on them of you and your date that you got right when you walked in. So as you walk into the reception, there is a photographer there taking pictures. And at the end of the night, you walk out and you literally had a donut with your face printed on it of of the picture. I don't know how it worked, but within four hours from us walking in and walking out, they had every single person got one of these donuts to walk away with. It was wild. Dunkin' Donuts did it. Um, they There's two things, Easton, that they pulled off for this wedding. One is that. That was amazing, and they're edible. Two is the wedding video company that they hired put together a video starting on Friday, and by the time we the wedding ended on Sunday, they had the whole thing completed, including, including the ceremony. Including oh the God. wedding ceremony. They had edited it. By the time we left the reception, they had this video done. That they even had footage from the reception. name and contact by the yeah. time I'm going to get married. $10 million. Well, I sat at a tape with a bunch of uh, ABC people, and they were all like, no, this is one of the most impressive like things we've ever seen pulled wow. off. It was. It was incredible. So, um, yeah, Easton, good question. Dunkin' Donuts really did a great job there. I got to give it to them. They have great donuts and uh, the second best <laughs> coffee in the world compared to Generous. Hey, Ashley nice. runs on Dunkin'. Okay, next question. So you uh, you mentioned that this was one of the first times Jess really was around Bachelor Nation and a lot of people from the franchise. Who did she hit it off with the most? Yeah, uh, well, first off, it was, and it was, it was really, I don't think people realize how nervous Jessica is to enter into this world at all um, because it is intimidating and there's a lot of attention around it. And I think she feels consistent like she's going to be constantly judged um and she's not and and she also knows that but it's a feeling she has and so this was a big deal for her anytime she enters into these groups and she really left today going holy cow i never realized how nice everybody was going to be to me like that was one takeaway so nobody was mean to jessica everybody invested into her and spoke highly of her and spoke to her but there was two people that really stood out you're not going to be surprised by this tanya and becca were incredible (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely incredible to Jessica. Now, Jessica spent a lot of time with my roommates in my house and Nick and Dean and Chris, and that was great. But Tanya and Becca came over to our Airbnb one night after we went out for dinner and just talked to Jessica and I Aww. for probably three hours just about life. And they did that like on their own time and on Jessica's or on Tanya's vacation and time away. So, yeah, Love those that. that was amazing. Those two women are those two women are just. 
I hope they feel how great they are. They are the best. Literally yeah. gold. Okay, who gave the best speech at the rehearsal dinner? Because it seemed like there were quite a few people who stood up and gave a little something. Yeah, I'm going to – you know, there was uh, there was a few there. I thought Jared's speech was really, really nice. Uh, Naz Perez um, did an incredible speech. Um, a couple – Ashley's friends really, really crushed it. Uh, and then Nick Vile. Um, he he gave a speech and and got really emotional. It was good. It was it was good to see him kind of uh, pour his hat on uh, his heart out there. So those were were really great. But I want to say this too. Um, Fred, Jared's dad, afterwards goes. You know, sometimes you sit inside these speech things and uh, you know you get one good one, about eight bad ones. Because there's eight people total that spoke. And uh, the one part that we all took away was every single speech was meaningful. It was heartfelt. It was true. It was authentic. And uh, and we wa- all walked away from those speeches, I think, knowing Ashley. Actually, Ashley's father said this at the reception. He goes, after those speeches, I knew my daughter better. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the drunkest? Who had one too many drinks? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, honestly, and I don't, I don't want to just back out of this question. So Ashley and Jared aren't big drinkers. Uh, I don't know if you knew that they're not mm-hmm. big partiers. They love their time at home. And so the wedding wasn't set up to drink at. So we had an open bar when we first got there and then we had a beautiful dinner, but the, at, during the dinner, there was multiple kind of events. I'll say like at an Ashley style where we had David cook come out and sing. And then right. we had a slideshow of Ashley's childhood. And then we had mm-hmm. speeches by all the fathers and dances. And then once that was done, the DJ started for another probably 45 minutes and then it was over. And so it was very Ashley and Jared esque. So there wasn't like an opportunity for anybody to get too drunk. I, yeah. It just didn't happen. Um, which was good because that's not what they wanted. Totally. Um, and it, so yeah, I, I, I don't think there was anybody that kind of walked out of there feeling it. So then on that note, what was for dinner? Okay. So we had uh, a beef filet or you could choose salmon. We had caprese salad with antipasta um, and then the final dish was wedding cake that was nine like layers tall. Oh my god! Yeah, the it stress, was wild. the stress for whoever carried that in. <laughs> they had to have a separate room just for the wedding cake cutting because it was no. like so big. Oh yeah, it was massive. Absolutely, I mean, massive. Um, okay, so who caught the bouquet? It was set up. This is one. I, I don't know. To be chess. Ah, yeah, right. No. Oh, so Nick Vile caught the bouquet. What? How did yeah. he catch it? Somehow that just seems so fitting to me that like well, somehow there was, he's there. The weird part, he was the only one standing there ready to catch it. Wait, so did you say the only was, one? The only one. So Ashley was like, "Nick, stand out here," and then they threw it, and Nick caught it. So I feel like it was set up. I don't know if it was requested upon or what, but. Nick caught the the bouquet. Okay, that's interesting. Did they toss the garter? Did they? Is that a thing people do? I didn't see it. No, uh, I, they had decided not to. We'll have to ask Ashley when she's back why she ch- decided not to. But it was a conscious decision not to do the garter um, throwing. You know, at my wedding, we uh, we threw a garter off of me. I was wearing one the whole night, and we pulled my pant leg up and, and threw that. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, how'd, nice. How'd, how'd you get that off, buddy? Uh, my pant. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to pull my pants, I had to pull my pants up in front of uh, my closest friends and family. Ethan, I expect nothing less from you. Okay, Ben, one other yeah. question. 
Mm-hmm. What was one thing that you saw from that wedding that you said that is definitely going to be at my wedding? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a great question. Um, well, you know, one thing they really did well was when you walked into the reception, uh, they had it lined with people passing out drinks and food. And so it really made you feel welcomed right away. And then you walked out and here's the one part that I would take it. I want an outdoor part to my wedding. Like I want something to be like the cocktails hour that we had outside. Um, it was like just in the evening time was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen. I want people outside drinking, talking, mingling, enjoying themselves, um, at my wedding outside. It feels airier. It feels more fun. It feels fresh. It feels like a party. Right. So yeah, that was definitely a good takeaway. One more. I mean, a lot of this, to be honest, (laughs) a lot of this stuff that was done at these this wedding, like I don't think I could ever pull off. Like only Ashley could pull off the stuff that happened at this wedding. It just, it was just very Ashley. Was very pink. It was very big. It was very, like it was just, it was just completely Ashley. And so I walked away from a lot of it being like, there is no way I could do this. There. Their wedding planner, Troy, did an insane job. The the guy was just uh, magic. He was awesome. Okay, last but not least, when did you look over at Jess and say, I can't wait till this is our time? Because I know that that happened. I know. That totally happened. happened. A hand squeeze. Something Uh, happened where you guys were like, can't wait for our time. Okay, so here's where it hit me. I don't know if I looked over and said it to her, but the – I was like pretty like emotional right away when it came to the wedding and Ashley walked down, Jared saw her and they're up there and Ashley's like getting fixed up. And then, you know, it it just continually hit me that this was the moment she's been waiting for. And she found, this isn't just a a ceremony to her. This is, this is a miracle coming true. She found a man that loves her. And so I started crying. I started crying pretty good. And Jess looked, I could see like through the corner of my eyes, she looked up at me and I was like, I don't mind to cry in front of her, but I don't know if I ever have. And she just looked at me and then she took her hand and she grabbed my hand and she just squeezed it and just sat and looked forward and just like, like was like just kind of patting my hand like, oh, it's all good. Like, this is good. And I was like, this is this is a girl that loves me like this girl loves me. She 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 she's in it with me no matter thick and thin. So that was that was sweet. Did you hear the music he was playing with you? No, I did not hear the music, but uh, I'm assuming it was really great. Hey, can I tell you guys a story? We're ready. Yeah, of course. I think I've I've touched on it a few times um, during this podcast, but I have a really interesting. So we all know we love Ashley. Uh, Ashley, I could go on and on, and I will, and I do. Uh, you know, she feels, she says things that are crazy and awkward and weird, and then she feels strong and she feels uh, a lot of emotion and she cares. And every single one of her friends that stood up on stage. Uh, during the rehearsal said, I've never met a friend um, that literally would be laid beside me as I'm in the hospital. She's done it. Or she lays beside me during every breakup or she'll sit beside me between like Ashley just loves hard and she wants people to be the fullest version of themselves. I can go on and on about Ashley, but I want to talk about Jared. Jared, because Ashley is such a a big figure, a, a, a prominent figure, Jared doesn't get talked about a lot. But I, I want everybody to know how incredible of a man Jared Haben is. And he he is the yin to Ashley's yang, she, uh, completely. I mean, the, he is the opposite of Ashley, and that's what makes them so great. But Jared has been consistent to me ever since the time I was on the show. And on the very first night of The Bachelorette, this is a moment that really means a lot to me personally. Uh, I get out of the limo feeling completely out of place. 
not knowing what I'm doing. I go inside of the house and I sit down on the couch and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I hear this laughter coming from one of the windows of the house. And so I get up and I look at it and it's Jared taking off his shirt at, and during Bachelorette and his shirt says love man on it. And I was like, that guy is a nerd, a complete nerd, and I like it, and I need to talk to him because he's going to make me feel more normal here. So he comes to the house, and it just happens that he sits right next to me, and we get to talking a little bit. And then I just I, – I, I couldn't help it. I just looked at him. I said, dude, I, man, like I don't belong here. Like I don't. There was professional athletes, and there was um, great-looking dudes coming in, and they all had swagger and nice suits and all those things. I said, Jared, I don't belong here. And he, without hesitation, without ever knowing me, Jared looked at me and he goes, don't be crazy, man. You belong anywhere. You belong anywhere. And that really was like this moment of accountability from somebody that didn't know me, somebody that had never met me, that kept me saying, okay, Ben, stop being the victim here. Stop getting down on yourself here. That's doing you no good. Um, and it, it's been a consistent message in my mind ever since then. And I don't even know if Jared knows it, but when I do feel that way, his little – love man voice is listen is whispering a mirror saying don't be crazy man you belong anywhere you you belong everywhere you're at and and then at the end of the show jared and i uh didn't have a lot of time to talk privately cameras are around very often and we're down to the final four and that down to the final five and three of the guys on a date and jared and i are not and we just get the opportunity to go into a steam room during the show and we locked ourselves in the steam room for 45 minutes when it was at full capacity just so we could talk without cameras and at that moment, I realized that this dude cared so deeply for the people around him. He asked me questions about my life, which I don't feel like gets to happen very often. He asked me questions about my family, about what I want in a partner, if maybe at the time Caitlin was it or not. He asked me about my insecurity. Like this dude cares. And so on their wedding day, I know this is Ashley's moment. This is, should be Ashley's moment. And he wants it to be Ashley's moment. But I also want Jared to feel how much he is loved as well. And I am so, so pumped. Um for them to start their lives together. And to close this all up, Ashley just had to put a little icing on the cake this morning because I went over to say goodbye to her before they left. And guess what shirt she was wearing? That shirt. Are you kidding? A generous coffee shirt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, great wedding. I'm sure when Ashley gets back, we'll break it all down again. Uh, but what an incredible experience. Hey, uh, how about this? Let's take a break. Um, talk about our sponsors, and then we got to break down this week's episode of Bachelor in Paradise. Open Fit. Open Fit has been around a bit with us. We love Open Fit. Open Fit takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. Sculpt your body in the convenience of your own home. No eyes on you. Easton, we talked last week. You've been looking to get in really good shape. You're in great shape already, but you're looking to get in really good shape. Uh, trying to get those Higgins deltoids, my man. That's what I'm trying to get those shoulders. That's what I well, want. Do you have 10 minutes in your day, Easton? I got 10 minutes. Oh, open fits for you. That's Check right. Check it out. No excuses, buddy. No excuses. <laughs> get the delts. Work out with amazing trainers like Andrea Rogers, founder of the worldwide sensation Extend Bar. Or the newest workout, Rough Around the Edges, with six of the most badass stunt women in the business. Are you going on vacation soon and worried that your hotel won't have a gym? <laughs> View on your computer, web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, and even Roku. I'm sitting right here in Newport, Rhode Island, all by myself in a hotel. No gym, but does that stress me out? Eason, does that stress me out? No, sir. No, I got open fit. 
I like to get toned up with Hunter McIntyre in his Tough Mudder workout. You'll be amazed at how quickly the chains can happen. Your abs will get tight and toned. Your tush will be more lifted and subtle. Your arms get more sculpted without adding bulk, without the pain and strain of high-impact movements. OpenFit has changed the way I work out in texting our code ALMOSTFAMOUS to 303030. You can join on a fitness journey personalized just for you right now. During the OpenFit 30-day challenge, our listeners get a special extended 30-day trial membership to OpenFit when you text Almost Famous to 303030. You get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts and nutrition information totally free. Again, just text Almost Famous to 303030. Standard message and data rates may apply. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. 
It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, everybody out there listening, if you hear my voice right now, I'm tired. And I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. Here's a cool part about Ashton Jr.'s wedding. I'm not tired from drinking. I'm tired from, like, dancing. My body hurts. Um, but we're going to get through this because Bachelor in Paradise so far has been incredible. I will say this. I will say this. It's fallen a little bit short when it comes to kind of investing into the storylines that I really want to hear about. I think – and I want to know if you at home feel the same way. I think we focused a lot on Blake and the things that he's done outside the show. And I do think for whatever reason that's imp- important for us to know. It's good information because it is making up a, a lot of the storylines and the impact on has a huge impact on the show. But personally, I just – I don't want to hear about it every five minutes. Like I want to hear about the Clay and Nicole's and I want to hear about what's happening even between the JBJs and Yekas and and how Cam is processing Kalen actually not being that into him. I, I don't love – I just don't love the focus on Blake right now. And that's my take going into it. But I still think this season is going to end and be really good. Uh, We start out this episode with a rose ceremony. Uh, Derek picks Demi. Clay picks Nicole. Wills picks Katie. Kevin picks Sydney. JPJ picks Anyeka. Cam picks Kaylin. Dylan picks Hannah G. Blake picks Tasha. That seems like going to be a problem brewing. And Chris picks Christina in a surprise to send Annalise, who was blindsided by Chris home, hot sauce Jane, who literally had a thing of hot sauce six inches down her throat. It cannot be healthy. And Bibiana, who once again has to go home on this franchise. We don't like that about Bibiana. Bibiana is one of our favorites. She's spicy. She's great. She's beautiful. At some point, Bibiana is going to find a guy that swoops her off her feet, and we're all going to be celebrating it. Hey, Ben. So then, Yes. Quick question for you. Do you think if the rose was first offered to Blake and was given to Hannah G, would she have accepted it before Dylan was given the rose first? Based on what we saw this episode, it seems like it. If you would have asked me that scenario right after the rose ceremony, I said I would have probably said no because I thought her and Dylan had something like really good going, and I think she, I thought she realized it, but. After watching this episode, I don't think so. I think she would have. I think she would have left and said, "Okay, Blake, let's give this thing a shot." I actually think that's kind of what she's saying right now on this episode. Well, and follow up, do you 
if I don't know if you know this or not, because I don't know, you've never done Bachelor in Paradise, but if let's say Blake went first and offered his rose to Hannah G and she said no because she wanted it to be given to Dylan, does he get like a second go around being like, okay, then I pick you? Or would he would he have gone home immediately? Oh, I don't know if I know the answer to that. That's a great question. Yeah, so what happens? I was happens thinking about in- that because I was like, oh my gosh, we need to know who's going first because if Blake does it, that could have been a game changer to the whole scenario if she would have been like, no, sorry. Because she, it seems like after this episode, she really has only communicated with Dylan that she's interested for Dylan. So it would have really confused. Yeah. So I don't know, would he have been sent home or could he be like, okay, sorry about that, then Tasha. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, here's the scenario. A guy offers a girl or a girl offers a guy when they have the power, a rose. That rose is then turned down. Does the girl or guy get another chance to find somebody else to maybe accept the rose or do they both... Or then do they go home? Or does the guy go home? Or the people in power go home? I don't know the answer to that, but I bet our listeners do. So please tweet us and hashtag Almost Famous Podcast with your answer to this scenario. I'm sure it's happened before. I just don't know it. Or email us at Ashley at iheartmedia.com. Okay. Moving on here. The Blake and Hannah G situation. The episode after the rose ceremony kicks off with Blake claiming that he's going to go hard after Hannah G. He is pursuing Hannah G now. This has red flags written all over it. I mean, I don't know about you and anybody else here in the studio, but when I saw this, it just seems like another scenario that is going to go epically wrong for Blake. I also was not expecting Hannah G to reciprocate feelings based on how things have gone so far, and not even because of the decisions that Blake made before the show, mostly because I thought her feelings with Dylan we're so serious. We were just talking about last week. We thought this was the new Joe, uh, Joe and Kendall of, of the franchise. But again, I guess Kendall kind of you know wasn't that into Joe for a while either. What do you all think here in studio? Is this something that we should be worried about? Does it make sense? Were we expecting this? I feel like everybody was expecting it to happen with something. Hannah's beautiful. Yeah. So she was going to be a hot commodity. Blake is kind of treating this like he's he's running the island, so he's already been kind of dating a bunch of girls. I expected it, but I don't like it at all. I doubt many people do, and that's what the that's the things that kind of like is is a little bit concerning here. Is I bet it's just confusing for me to think of how good of a relationship she has currently with Dylan, mm-hmm. and yet she's okay. Moving on from Dylan to Blake, and and let's take what Blake has done in the past out of this the, the equation here. Right. That's not what we're talking about. It's just the Dylan Hannah relationship seemed so good, and it seemed like they kept having these conversations that got them to this point where I bet Dylan was thinking, "Oh, we're in a committed relationship. Like yeah. this is this is something we're, we're moving on for." And then all of a sudden, he looks up again, and his He's getting, you know, his he's, his heart's a little broken. I think that um, we haven't really, I mean, we've seen this a lot before. When people start yeah. off really early on, like we had Jade and Tanner, they start like, Tanner was literally in love with Jade the first time he saw her. And that really scared her because she's like, so I'm just supposed to give you my heart week one. Yeah. And like count myself out for the rest of the game. That is a little scary. Even when you go on a date with somebody and they're like, hey, I want to keep pursuing you. You kind of like take a step back being like, whoa, do I want to all of a sudden just be exclusive with you, like after a first date kind of a scenario, because that's essentially what we have to think about. These are happening in days. It's not weeks yeah. have gone by. Yeah. And, and then we had that with uh, Kendall and Joe. Kendall really back 
backpedaled and was like, this is going too fast and it's making me panic. I want to explore. And she went and dated a couple other people and that killed, honestly, probably the the fans more so than Joe. Because we were like, Joe, no. So I don't think that it's like a shocker. But I think that it is hard now that we know so much of behind the scenes prior to the show that really affects the taste in everyone's mouth as to why she's doing that to Dylan. But it is also interesting that all the girls are like, choose Dylan, choose Dylan. Yeah, it feels like Blake doesn't have a lot of people on Blake's team right now. On Bachelor Paradise. Yeah, but she's got to be the one to do it herself. She's got to say, okay, I'm over you. Blake, you know, she's going to be curious until she finally realizes he's not mm-hmm. who she wants. But she's got to make that decision. I want to know, though, to bring into the uh, another scenario to this when it comes to Hannah G. So let's do a little Hannah G talk right now. Um, I don't from this episode. I'm not convinced she actually likes Dylan that much, not just because of the Blake scenario, but because she initially was open to going on a date with Jordan Kimball. Now, she did later on decline it. But at first, when he asked, she was said yes, which points to me that in the back of her head, she was looking for something outside of Dylan. Yeah, I agree. I think she's just really, really nervous to put all her eggs in one basket. I actually think differently than you. I think she is a little bit, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but like a people pleaser. So she doesn't know how to present a no without making somebody without the fear of making somebody feel bad, even if it's hurting them more by saying yes. So she's saying yes she to Jordan. Yes, just to feel, make him feel good. I think she said it to be like, sure, yeah, I'll give you a shot. But I, I know that's not, I have Dylan. Do you know what I mean? I think it was yeah. kind of like she was going to be in the power position to be like, it's okay to go on this and just have fun. But then she had to take a step back waiting, being like, okay, no, actually, I can't go just for fun because really good my situation's a little complicated. What do you think it is? Why do you think Jordan Kimball has so much confidence? I mean, he came into paradise, and it, the wildest thing to me <laughs> was that people were responding. Even the women were like, "That's Jordan Kimball." Jordan Kimball asked me on a date to paradise. Like Jordan Kimball, I don't know. Like, was he? I mean, I know he had a big deal in paradise last year, but like, how does he have so much confidence? Where is all this like admiration for Jordan Kimball coming from? Who gave him the mayor? The title mayor of paradise. I think he did. Is that some people are allowing it. Like I don't. It's wild to me that he. Yeah, yeah. He gave himself that. If anything, Chris Bukowski is the mayor of paradise. I, He's been around. He, he has the longest tenured spot. Right. I feel like if you're the first person to be married off BIP, then you could be like, I'm the mayor. Because you're like, yeah, you did it. You did it right. You got yeah. married. You did the. You did the dang thing. But. Yeah, I, I don't know what makes him so special. If anything, he caused a lot of drama last year. So much drama. With the, uh, the chicken. Annalise. The chicken? The chicken. Is that his name? Chicken? Oh, chicken. Yeah, David Reese. Yeah. He, like, r- really got into it with him. I just don't know what's happening there. It was it was like, okay, Jordan shows up in Paradise. My first reaction seeing him show up was like, oh, this is going this is going to be entertaining. I don't know if it's going to be funny, if it's going to be sad, if it's going to be hard to watch or whatever. It's going to be entertaining. It's, you know, he ha- he doesn't have a filter. Uh and, and I also believe when I saw him, I, I was like, okay, he's definitely going to shake up the Blake drama. He's going to say in a sense he says kind of like what Demi does. He says whatever's on his mind. He doesn't really care for if anybody's going to be upset with him for what he says. And and that's a great quality to have, especially on Bachelor in Paradise. But I didn't expect him to shake up the love scenarios very much. 
Like, I didn't see that happening. And then he gets there, and even we see Nicole saying, he chose me. Like, and I know it's a good feeling. Anytime anybody chooses you, I know that's a good feeling. But it feels like Jordan carried some weight in paradise. And quite frankly, it was a little shocking. And I want to know if you out there think it's a little shocking. Were you expecting or did you assume that Jordan Kimball would shake up the love scenarios of paradise like he did? Uh, you know, tweet us at uh, Almost Famous Podcast. But of course he did. Well, what do you mean? Like that's all he did last year. But the, but but people responded this year with interest. Oh, I know why. Because he got his heart broken. No, I know why. Well, yeah, everybody wants a redemption story. But no, it's because everything he's saying is kind of what you stand for. Like when Christina, who did he pull aside first? Uh, No, Nicole, who kind of started filling him on the Blake drama. And he was like, what? Wait, what? And then he pulls aside Christina. And then she tells him about how Kaylin was in the story then. So it's not only just Christina. It's actually Kaylin now. And then he's hearing about Tasha, So he's like, what the heck is this guy doing? He's doing fantasy suites backwards. He's basically one-nighting everybody. Like, it's everything that girl's like, uh, thank you. Thanks yeah. for speaking as a man on behalf of that. You yeah. know, it's like, it's going to get the girls fired up to be like, heck yes. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're really not wrong. I, I think Jordan came at a really good time. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out for him. I, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be shocked if Nicole, um, I don't know. Do you think Nicole and Clay stay together? No. I thought you were a fan of them. No. Well, I like them both. I think they're both very sweet people. I don't know. Something about them. Wait, I just don't think that they like mesh well together. Wait, who do you think is reaching in that scenario? You know how there's like a reacher and a settler? Do you think there's Ooh. a reaching and there's a settler? I don't want to You have to answer say it. That. you. Um... I think Nicole might be reaching for Clay. <laughs> Do you agree? I think Clay, well, Clay has this like big presence about him. He's a big dude, and and I think, I actually think they stay together. My my guess mm-hmm. is that they stay together. That the two of them really start to work us out. That the Nicole date with Jordan, um, all kind of helps her realize how much she's into Clay, which is going to be exciting. The one people we haven't quite figured out yet, though. Is is the Blake deal? We have to talk about Blake. Blake's a huge part of the show, a massive piece of the show. He probably will be, I bet, until the very end. And it's it's been interesting to see the dynamic kind of change within Paradise, where it went from people finding out about what Blake did to then people really being upset about what Blake did. And actually, it feels like at this point we haven't seen a lot of it. Like people aren't liking Blake as a person. Like he's actually maybe feeling like an outsider. The reason I'm saying this is because we see the scene that did irritate me. Uh, not just, not because I agree with what Blake did at all. I don't, but because we see the girls sitting around watching Blake kind of catch a football and, and play on the sand and they're talking about him. And then he hits his toe and rips his toenail off and they laugh. It, it, it felt weird. It felt like odd to me that people would laugh at anybody's injuries, even if you dislike them. Is that is that crazy of me? Am I missing something? No, no. I I think you're right on that. It, it's it feels like that part maybe went a little too far, but it does. I mean, it's not like I'm like it's a massive deal. But what it's pointing to is, to me, is that the the house is super upset with Blake that they really are dislike him and that when you see kind of your worst enemy 
getting hurt, you do sometimes celebrate it, even if it isn't the best thing to do. So there, there, there is a heaviness to this. Um, I, I want to see Blake's redemption story with his friends in paradise. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that scene to me really pointed to where he stands right now. We also see uh, a Cam and Kalen love story play out. This was never oh, anything. No, I don't no. believe this was never anything. Kaylin, I think, saw that this was uh, this was an opportunity for her to be around another week. I think Cam was somebody she was probably somewhat interested in and maybe just even getting to know a little bit better. And long story short, what ends up happening is that once Kaylin, the, the dust settles and she's around another week and she has the power, then then Kaylin goes, Cam, you're not my guy. And he came on really strong. Like yeah. his his game is not terrific. Okay, but is that his fault? Like, she's not telling him otherwise. He's literally reading her a poem, and she's like, that was sweet. You're like, "Yeah, that's so mean. You have the power with the rose. You should be telling him, hey, go explore other relationships. Yeah, but she wants him to give her the rose. No, so- but she's in power. Now she's in power. Like, I don't <laughs> think she knew how to end that conversation. Like, I don't think – I get what you're saying, Daniel. Like, you know, there she's still maybe interested enough to not want to hurt his feelings completely. There's – no. <laughs> you don't think she's interested at all? She's not interested at all. Mm. She's not. And honestly, it hurts everyone's heart no matter who it is at the end of the day. That's so hard to see where he is crying over her. Uh yeah, it's it's one of the hardest things to watch though. It's, and they put these scenes on where Cam's like, I mean, Cam is distraught now. It, it's like he almost be, like he believed this was something that was going to last a lifetime, and he believed this letter was a good idea. I don't think it was a good idea. I don't think it's going to be a good idea. I don't think Kaylin and Cam ever even reconnect in the rest of the show. Um, moving on to the next scene, Nicole and Jordan are back together or are back from the date. Nicole did end up missing Clay. This yeah. is something that's going to happen. There's there's uh, just – it didn't have the connection that her and Clay had. That's going to be something to watch. And Big Mike, Big Mike Johnson, the one and only comes into paradise, and he's not going to wreck things, but he's going to add to it. He takes Kaylin on a date, and he is giddy. I mean this dude is giddy on this date. He says it uh, multiple times. <laughs> it almost feels like if this relationship doesn't work out for him – that he's going to leave paradise brokenhearted. The question then is, is Kaylin ready for the attention now? She's, mm-hmm. she's already accepted the attention from Cam. Is she going to accept the attention from Mike? And if she does, will she stay with him? That's a great question because he's pretty – he lays it out there already on the first date. He's like, I already like you. And they kiss. You know what I mean? So for her, she has to be full in too Yeah. to the, receive and- that. I'm I'm worried that Mike's heart is going to be broken and I'm worried that Mike's heart is going to be broken and then it's going to be really really healed once he's announced the next bachelor. I okay, was so I was going to ask about you. To say that. Wait, I have yeah. two questions. Okay. So, we've seen it before where somebody can be on paradise and be the next bachelor. That happened with Colton and Nick. But does that hurt your chances at all or does that affect your edit you get when you're on the show? If they're Affect like your ch- your chances on Paradise or on The Bachelor. Sorry for Bachelor. Like, does that 
Do you get what I'm saying? Because then he has to have the most perfectly written story. So we really shouldn't be worried about Mike. Yeah. Well, what you have to, the story you have to have is one of heartbreak. So yeah. you have to see somebody coming in excited for love, their heart's broken, and then they're set up to be the bachelor. And I think we've seen it work. I mean, if Nick and Colton are the two examples, it's worked because people are invested in their stories. Um, and also we see with Colton, I mean, we forget when Colton left uh, his season of The Bachelor, he was disliked. Like people did not like him. And he goes on Paradise, and his story gets a little bit worse until it gets a lot better at the very end. Um, there's a redemption there for him going into being The Bachelor. And so people forget. They truly forget that during his time on The Bachelorette, he wasn't the most favorite character. Uh, and then on Paradise, he had a, a couple weeks of struggle and pain leading up to then him, him being announced as The Bachelor, which obviously worked out for him. So. I do think it's a, a, a way the show is leaning towards because we are so invested into their stories. Okay. We got to end this podcast with a few things. Quick updates just to keep everybody up to date. My, Mike and Kaylin were on the date. Uh, Wills is pu- pushing for Katie. She – I don't know what that was. It was like the weirdest. It was kind of like Will said. It didn't make any sense. One of the oddest scenes. I don't know if she was trying to break up with him and just didn't know how. But it just didn't work. They're not a thing. But Chris B. and Katie kind of are – Leading up to Hannah G and Blake in one of the most emotionally taxing scenes in Paradise this year so far, Dylan approaches Blake and Hannah dancing on the beach. Now, I want to ask you all, Easton, you're included in this. Is it a was it a um, a wise move for Dylan to go up, knowing that Hannah G is somebody he's interested in, knowing Hannah G is somebody he's dated? Uh, that he's pursuing, that he has mentioned that he wants to be exclusive with. And I think he believes they are. So he's acting like her boyfriend. It was it a wise move for him to go up to her on the beach while she's with Blake. Was that fair or should he have kept his distance? He should have stayed away. He should have kept should've his distance. Away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fair. fight for your girl. You got to fight for the girl. Do you think that's a good move? Like, Hell I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm on Easton's side a little bit. Like, I, I think I would have sat back and been like, if she's not into me, then you know what? This this is going to be over. Like, I almost, if I was Dylan, I could have seen myself in that moment going, I'm going to go home. Like, this this girl that I obviously came here for, that I was exclusive to, I was interested in, she's not pursuing me like I'm pursuing her. Uh, it's time for me to leave. This is embarrassing for me. But you're saying, Daniel, that, that you actually would like for her for him to come up to you on the beach and say, no, I like you. I'm not going to let this go this easy. So here's the thing. It depends on how much you, you're you into that person. When I see Dylan and Hannah's relationship, Dylan is is like, <laughs> this is my wife. Like he, you can just see it. He is so giddy about her. And they only have a couple a couple weeks on the show Every minute counts. So if she's like walking away with with Blake, he's going to let it happen. I'm like, no, you fight for your girl. That's who you want to be your wife. It's so obvious. So steal her away. And then if she doesn't react to it, then then you take the hint. It's definitely a, uh, a move that Dylan thought about and was confident in. I've never seen a man on this show be so confident in, in kind of the uh, that type of interaction. You, you see it often. The show's set up for it. But to have th- that type of resolve and saying, I know this is my girl. 
I'm going to walk across that beach. It's going to be awkward. And I'm going to confront this and say, I need you to talk to me. Now, did Blake do anything wrong here? That's a, that's a question that a lot of uh, listeners have written into us over the last, last night. It, has Blake done anything wrong in this scenario by saying, Dylan, you've been with her all day. I want to pursue her, give her my time. Hannah G's just standing there at this point, so we don't know how she feels. But is Blake doing anything? I mean, it's going to be interesting to, to hear from all of you after this podcast. But has Blake done anything in this moment that we are upset by? I, I don't think you can be upset at him but I don't like it. I'm very team Hannah and Dylan. The only hard part was the dancing. Cause then Tasha's like, Oh, he did that to me. And then Christina's like, Oh, he did that to me. Oh, good point. And then Hannah G was like falling victim to it. Yeah. The dancing move, the I dancing guess has been move. done a couple times. So like that was his, that was his seduction into, Oh, didn't Christina say, Oh, he did that to me. Yeah. So th- we have a lot of people racking up the credibility that this move does work and it did because then he spins her out and spins her in and then kisses her i mean because without like if that move isn't done multiple times with multiple people all of us are watching it going oh that's that's cool like right that's one of those moves we would talk about like how sweet was that moment right yeah but instead we're going oh come on right like that's that's nothing this is just weird i I don't know just another day for blake just another day for Blake. I, this I, isn't going to end well for Blake, I don't think. I think my prediction, and I have zero idea, is that this is going to end, and I think we all kind of believe this, this is going to end really good for Hannah G and Dylan, and Hannah G is going to come to her senses, almost the Ashley Iconetti, Jared Haven scenario, um, but really bad for Blake. Well, I do think that Dylan thought, I think he was so confident when he approached the situation because I think he thought he was saving her in a way because I think Hannah G hasn't been communicating to Dylan that she's interested in Blake as well. It sounds like a lot of it has been, oh, I'm here to spend more time with Dylan. So Dylan's like, oh, well, she just feels like she has to kiss him. Like she felt like she had to kiss Wills. So I'm going to go save her from the situation when really she is interested in Blake, but she's not communicating that Mm because I think she also doesn't want to come to terms with it, with everybody saying, hey, I still have feelings for Blake, even though it's been a rough rough little ride for him yeah so i think that's why he was so confident yeah there's a lot of open-ended storylines right now on paradise we have one of the most sought after guests this season on any type of press any type of media we've seen him everywhere on tv and radio and podcasting and we've got our hands on him that's chris bukowski chris bukowski has been on six seasons of the bachelor franchise he has known He is known in this world as a man who continues to fight for love even when he falls short over and over and over again. Some some executives this season have literally claimed that he is responsible for the bump and ratings, and we are lucky enough to have him with all the dirt, all the stories, and all the history right here on the Almost Famous Podcast. But before we do, let me take a second and talk to you about Rothy's. Now, Ashley isn't in studio today. It's pretty obvious, I think, right? But – I'm going to tell you about one of her favorite products. Have you heard about this company making stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles? This is kind of this new trend in footwear and apparel where plastic water bottles are being reused for something great. And the Rothy's does it so well. They execute this whole thing so well. And they're insanely comfortable and washable material. They're stylish, sustainable, comfortable, washable, really all-in-one pair of shoes. They're the perfect flats for life on the go. 
They launch new colors and patterns every week. And they sell out constantly. I love these because Ashley and the girls around me always wear uncomfortable shoes. And I feel bad as a guy. But with Rothy's, they're ultra comfortable. As soon as you slip them on, that's right. There's zero break-in period in these shoes. Plus, Rothy's always come with free shipping and free returns, exchanges. No risks, no worries, no reason not to try. Let me repeat that. Rothy's always comes with free shipping and free returns slash exchanges. No risk, no worries, no reason not to try. It'll blow your mind. My camo ones and my leopard ones are amazing. I can't. I don't even know what camel ones are. Camo. What are camel. Camo. Oh, camouflage. Camo. You would love the camouflage. I would I love like that the you... camouflage. Camel. They, camel. They might have camel. That's also a color. But oh. camo and leopard. You can just wear t-shirt, jeans, and the shoes outfit. <sighs> Why don't we get Jess a pair? Well, let's get Jess a pair. So okay. So here's what I think we should get for Jess. Okay. The checkered blue. I think she would look, they're a little bit sporty. They're slip-ons. What do you think? Yeah, does it make her a little bit taller? Because Jess, Jess likes to wear sho- shoes that make her a little bit taller. Just enough. She'll be just a okay. little bit taller. I'm going to order them for her. <laughs> hey, yeah, please do that. I'll bring them to um, Vegas. She can, she can get them when we see her in Vegas. Woo. For the iHeartRadio Music Festival, Jessica and I will be in Vegas. Come say hi. I mean, it's going to be awesome. It's always awesome. Hey, anyways. Uh, it will blow your mind that these are made out of plastic water bottles. In fact, Rothy's has diverted over 25 million water bottles from landfills. Another major bonus, they're fully machine washable. Every time they need a refresh, you can simply toss them in the washing machine. It's like getting a fresh pair of shoes every laundry day. Rothy's are manufactured in a zero-waste factory, and they ship directly in the shoe box. No unnecessary packaging. These feel-good flats in more than one way. Can we take a second? I don't want to overlook this because companies out there are really trying to do the right thing. And this generation really likes to hold people accountable to doing the right thing, which is fantastic. But when are we as a generation going to make conscious decisions to consume products that are actually trying to do the right thing? And that's what Rothy's is doing. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com backslash famous. Go to rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com backslash famous. Get your new favorite flats, comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com. It's backslash famous today. Hey, if you're out there and you're looking for money, I get it. It's tough to save money. It's not easy. But we we all need to. We all want to. I don't care if you have a bajillion dollars or if you have zero dollars. Money is something we all need to try to save. And that's where Honey comes in. Let's talk about something we can all agree on, saving money. Honey is a free browser extension that scans the web for coupon codes and discounts while you shop online. Honey automatically applies the biggest savings to your car at checkout, like magic. It works on over 20,000 sites like Amazon, Nordstrom, J.Crew, Nike, Best Buy, Target, Macy's, and so much more. It takes zero effort to install, just two clicks, and you'll start saving anytime you shop online. Break it down for you really simply. This widget or, or, or this add-on, this extension to your browser can help you save money. Take time to do it. You're crazy if not. I'm right now online, right now, and I'm saving money because of it because I'm shopping. Uh, I don't know. It's just I'm lonely in Newport, Rhode Island. 
You might think it sounds too good to be true. Well, it's free and it saves you money. But what's the catch you're asking yourself? I, I get it, right? It's pretty simple though. When you use a coupon provided by Honey, they earn a small commission from the merchant and they pass along some of the savings to their members. So it's a win-win for everybody. Look, there's really no reason not to try Honey. It's free to use and easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. Don't take it from me. Take it from our listeners. Okay? Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com backslash famous. That's joinhoney.com backslash famous. Honey, online savings simplified. Everybody, one of Baxter Nation's favorites. We know him the best because we've seen him the most. Chris Bukowski is on the line. Chris, thank you for coming to the Almost Famous Podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. Chris, I, I want to dive in here because uh, our listeners are freaking out about you being on our show. Uh, they have written in with a ridiculous amount of questions. You are a man that we've seen often on the franchise, but in a sense that has drawn the intrigue to you, I'm sure most of the questions in your life revolve around getting asked how many times you've been on The Bachelor, but I want to change that and say why do you continue to come on the show so many times? You know what? It's, it's funny because there's probably a decade's worth of questions since I've been doing this for almost a full decade. Um, you know, honestly, I think since initially, you know, I started, I was young. I, I just turned 25 when I first did the bachelorette and it was such a great experience. Um, and I, you know, I felt something uh, that I never really felt before. And I was able to kind of open up emotionally and it was just such an awesome feeling to experience. And I think, you know, from there on my experiences just kind of, you know, kept going down <laughs> It was a downward trajectory from there. And, you know, after taking a break from it for a while, uh, you know, I always kind of held on, hope to, to getting that feeling that I, that I felt when I was on the bachelorette. So I thought, you know, being a little bit older and, and going through this so many times, I thought it was a good time for me to come back and, and give another shot. It's one of the interesting things that we found out uh, that you're actually not the, the oldest person in paradise. I think because you've been on the show for so long, you, we were the same age, actually, when we first did the bachelorette together, we expect you to be, you know, you've just felt like you've been around a while. Well, you have, but you're only 30, what, two, 33? 32, yeah. I mean, there's people in paradise older than you, and so it makes sense that you're there. But one of our listeners wrote in, and they asked, uh, they said, Chris, if this doesn't work for you this time, what happens next? What are you going to do? Will you go back? Are you going to go back and try to find somebody outside of the show, or is this going to be the last hurrah for you? You know what? I was so convinced that the last time I did this would be the last time. Uh, well, I guess not this most recent time, but the time prior to this. Uh, so, you know, I never say never. I mean, it's, um, I, I would say 99% that this would be, this would, this is my last time, you know, doing this, but I never rule it out completely. Uh, you know, it, it's a great experience. Um, it's, you know, it's fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's tough to say no to. And, uh, I, I would say that most likely this, this is definitely my last time. It's, it's interesting because I think for the most part, and tell me if I'm wrong, I haven't been able to see some of the old bachelor pads. You have came off as a guy who's wanting love, who's searching for love, who's a good looking guy, who's likable, who makes friends in every season that you're on. Uh, but you, you quite honestly just fall a little short and it doesn't end up working out for you. And that's, that's kind of been your story. There hasn't been a moment that I think fans have really started to dislike you or to reject you. Except maybe when you showed up on Andy's season and you waited outside the gate. I've always been intrigued about that whole experiment. 
why did you do it? Like, what did you, was it really you finding out when filming was going on and you just showed up to try to date Andy? Um, I mean, it's a little bit of everything, you know, of course, you know, I wasn't able to do that all on my own. Um, and you know, I was intrigued by Andy and I was also, you know, more intrigued of getting back into that whole, that whole scene. I was just kind of looking for something that, uh, I guess really didn't exist. And I, and honestly, that was probably, it was honestly a selfish thing for me to do on my end, you know, um, kind of taken away from that huge night for all those guys and for Andy, of course. Um, so it was, it was. I would say that was probably the the worst moment of my of my bachelor uh, my bachelor life. But um, you know, I mean, it happened. I can't take it back. And uh, you know, here we are today. You know, if that is the worst thing to ever, if, if you pursuing a person you're interested in, even you know, when I pursued my girlfriend now, some would say it was in a very creepy way. I messaged her on Instagram, told her, "Hey, don't ask too many questions because I don't want this to get awkward." Let me meet you first before I explain how I met you or how I know about you. All these things. If you pursuing somebody like you did is the worst thing you're known for in this franchise and you've been on it, how many times? Is it six, seven this times now? Six, yeah. Yep. Then you're doing all right. You're, you must be a pretty solid dude, huh? Yeah, I mean, there's been definitely a lot of ups and downs. I think, I think, I'm, you know, genuinely, I want to, you know, I want to do this for the right reasons, as you say it. Uh, so there's just so much that involves with this, it's so, you know, emotionally draining. So it's, uh, you know, every time I've done this, I've wanted to do it for the right reason to meet somebody and and to see if you know there's someone I can have that happy ending with. So you know, regardless of how you do it, you know, how you did it with your current girlfriend, you know, it, it's just. It doesn't matter as long as you're finding your person. However, it happens. I think, I think if it works out that way, then then amen. I mean, that's that's amazing. We'd like to play a little game. Um, your highlights and lowlights. It's like to do my personal life. It's always a good way to start dinner. It's what's your highlights from the day and lowlights from the day. So, Chris, I want to ask you, what is your highlight? What's one highlight from the Bachelor franchise that you can think of? be on the show and one low light kind of an exper- experience that you've had or a moment that you've had and not much of and, and less of a holistic idea. Yeah. I think honestly the highlight of my whole career, you know, doing this stuff was honestly on the bachelorette when uh, I had my first one-on-one date and um, it was with Luke Bryan. He had a private concert for us in downtown Charlotte um, and that was, you know, when you go into something, you have no expectations and you have Luke Bryan performing for you and you're dancing in front of all these people in downtown Charlotte. I mean, it's, it's, in, you know, it's indescribable and the, the emotions and the feelings that you have in that moment. I mean, it's, that was definitely the highlight, um, oh, yeah. as of right now. I mean, I, I, you can't even make that stuff up. Uh, and as far as my low, uh, that would probably be on bachelor in paradise too. I showed up pretty late in the game. Uh, everyone was pretty much, you know, matched up at the point when I showed up, and uh, I had a little bit too much drink, and uh, pretty much excused myself the same day that I got there. <laughs> so I was literally there for 24 hours. Uh, you know, came and went, and uh, that was probably uh, uh, the low, the low of my uh, bachelor career. And so then this season so far, Bachelor in Paradise, and even, I mean, I think it doesn't hurt. Uh, it's not a, a spoiler for us. If you just kind of rank it and you're six times in the Bachelor franchise, how does this season stand? For, for me, this is this is the top. Uh, this is the best experience I've had, I think. You know, taking a break from all of this and kind of just 
establishing myself more as a person and coming back and, and really doing this the right way. And, you know, at the same time, like, you know, I am older. I'm not, I have the experience. I've been, I was able to give a lot of these guys advice, you know, even some of the women too. Uh, so for me, it was more about, you know, focusing on myself and seeing where I can help and seeing if there is that special person for me and kind of just staying out of the drama, um, which typically I'm, I'm used to being in the center of. So this time around, I was, you know, out of most of the drama and just kind of, uh, you know, went through the process. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy with, you know, that I came back and how everything went. That's exciting for us to hear. We're all pretty smiley over here. If this is the best experience <laughs> you've had in six times on The Bachelor, uh, we're looking forward to the rest of the season. Now, Chris, I want to take a second and dig in uh, to your personal life a little bit more. It's It's been talked about that you're in a serious relationship before um, Bachelor in Paradise where you almost got engaged. How did that affect kind of your mind going into, you know, let me let me preface this by saying this year during the show, you know, kind of past relationships and current relationships are a huge topic uh, coming off the Hannah B season to then the mm-hmm. Bachelor in Paradise season. How did that affect you coming into this show? I think it helped tremendously. You know, I dated someone for a little over two years. We lived together out in LA. Um, you know, it was awesome. And, and, uh, you know, it just didn't work out. And I, I think, you know, I learned so much in that relationship and, you know, I was dating her literally right after, you know, pretty much after the last time I went on, I was on paradise too. Um, so, you know, having that relationship, it was, you know, we were close. I mean, we were definitely close and, uh, it just, the, the, the dots didn't completely align at the end there, but I think it just definitely matured me. And I, I saw a lot of pieces that I, that I wanted in a relationship. So, you know, coming back on, you know, onto paradise, definitely, you know, with that experience helped me so much. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm grateful for it. And, uh, and yeah. We, uh, we all love a good comeback story and it's interesting. <laughs> me. I've been uh, doing a little research before the podcast and, we were on Twitter and we found out that that Rob Mills and a couple other uh, executives <clears throat> kind of behind the scenes of the franchise have really been supporting your comeback and also claiming that you have a lot to do with the extremely high ratings right now from Bachelor in Paradise. How much of it is – let me ask this. Do you feel like you've, in all honesty, gotten more popular as time has continued? You know, it's weird because, first of all, like, those guys are great. Rob's awesome. And obviously, I've known him, you know, for a decade now. And, uh, you know, it, it's weird. I, I thought it would it would completely fade away after all these years. But it's still, like, I still, you know, it's it's still, the popularity is there. The, you know, there's still a little bit of attention. And um, But, you know, when I was doing all this, Instagram was barely a, a thing. Like, it just started getting legs when, you know, after my season The Bachelorette. and. Um, so it was, it was a different era. And I feel like, I don't, I don't think I'm honestly, I don't think I'm responsible for any of the, the ratings currently, but I do think I do bring back a crowd, um, a different viewer potentially that is different than the, the modern day, you know, viewer. Um, so I, you know, I think it's a little different aspect of, you know, I know a lot of people tweeted me and sent me a message on Instagram saying, you know, they're watching, you know, it's good to see, you know, someone older from, you know, older seasons, you know, back on here. Uh, so, you know, maybe a little bit, it, it brings back a little bit of, uh, you know, the older generation of viewers that, that used to watch this, uh, you know, a little further back in the day. I really do think that you are a story that we enjoy having around. You're kind of that comfort, Chris. When you come back on the show, we say, okay, 
we're familiar with this, and everything is definitely probably going to be not all right. And we're good with that. That's what we want at a Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, you know, Chris, currently on the show, we see you pursuing Katie. We also have seen now that Annalise have gone home kind of blindsided by you. And that's the word I think she uses is that, you know, she's blindsided by you. She's not thrilled. Um, Chris, can you explain a little bit? This is your moment to explain that relationship. We didn't get to see a lot of it on the show. So yeah. we need you to help us catch it up. Yeah, you know, with Annalise, it, w it was tough. Um, you know, we did spend a decent amount of time together, and, um, you know, we had a decent connection. And, you know, for me, it was it was just a little overwhelming for how early on it was. And, you know, I wanted to be very open-minded and come in, you know, and, and just explore and, and, and get to know everybody. Honestly, I, I didn't do any research. I didn't know anybody coming out to this season. So, um Everyone was brand new to me. I wanted to, you know, give myself the opportunity to get to know everybody. Um, and, you know, early on, it was just with Annalise, it just got, it seemed like she was a little ahead of me, uh, getting, trying to get really serious really early on. And we didn't get to see a lot of that. Um, and, you know, I, you know, it, it was my roast to give. And it, I wanted to be able to, um, you know, keep an open mind and, and, and get to meet more people. And at the same time and not lead Annalise further on, you know, it, it wasn't a relationship that was going to happen past that first week. So um, it was tough. I mean, it was tough when, when it all went down, um, but I was hoping, you know, it, it almost was doing her a favor, uh, you know, uh, instead of kind of waiting until the next rose ceremony, the rose ceremony after that, to, you know, not give her a rose. Annalise just can't catch a break. She's one of Almost Famous's most consistent guests, and she continues to just, yeah, just fall you know, short, I, man. Maybe she can come I back. I felt bad. I felt bad. Yeah. You know, she is. She is. You know, one of the older people, and she is genuinely looking for someone. And you know, she got her heart broken at the you know reunion show on the last season, so it was tough. Um, but I'm not sure if there was anyone there. You know. That was, no, I can't say that for her, honestly, but, you know, it was, it was tough. Honestly, it was, and I struggled for a couple of days after that. And, uh, you know, so, you know, it was, it was tough all around. I'm sure a lot tougher for her than it was for me. Well, yeah, I, I definitely think so, because now we see you happily pursuing Katie. You gave your rose to Christina, but you have your eye on Katie and we're pumped, pumped as the viewers <laughs> to see how this plays out. Okay. Final questions uh, for you, Chris. As a – just put your co-host hat on for a second. Uh, mm. You're helping me with this. What couples in paradise are you most excited to see their love story play out throughout the season? You know, honestly, I, I'm really excited to, to see, to see uh, Clay and Nicole's uh, love story play out. Um, Nicole's such a personality, and, and Clay's, you know, he's such a big teddy bear. Um, but they're, they're almost – I don't want to say opposites, but there's they don't have too much in common. So, you know, it, it, it was funny to kind of be around, and, and I'm really interested to see that play out. Um, I'm really hopeful for it. And, of course, you know, you know, Dylan and Hannah, it's just like the all-American cute kind of kind of story. And, and to see how it plays out uh, with them is it, really, you know, I'm really looking forward to that as well. Yeah, man. Well, hey, uh, last thing. Uh, what are you up to these days? Uh, you can take a little second here and just promote whatever you have going on. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I still have my restaurants that I opened up back in 2013. So I have three in the D.C. area. So if you ever flying in D.C., there's there's actually one in Dulles Airport, one in Reagan Airport, and then the flagship restaurant out in uh, Arlington, Virginia. Um, I also started a digital agency uh, when I was living out in L.A. Uh, a few years back uh, called KCM Create. Uh, we do everything mostly focused on building apps and websites and search engine marketing and all that good stuff. And um, just doing a lot of traveling all over the place and, uh, you know, hustling, grinding, man. Where is that? What's your restaurants called? Uh, they're called Bracket Room. Perfect. Well, hey, we'll uh, we'll check those out. Final thing for you, Chris. What are the chances that you walk away from Paradise and Love? I would say it's a 50-50 chance that I walk away from Paradise with love. <laughs> All right. We'll be watching for you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. All right, Ben. Thank you. Hey, we miss Ashley. We miss Ashley a ton, and she's going to be back here uh, in a couple weeks. We're going to give her a break. She needs to go on our honeymoon and do what honeymooners do and see what honeymooners see and experience life in its fullest. Uh, we're going to take uh, a little break from Ashley, but we're going to st- continue to stick around and talk about Bachelor in Paradise as often and as much as you all need. So make sure you rate us uh, on the app. Please give us whatever you feel like is appropriate, one to five stars. We prefer five. Um, if you don't like us, give us a one. At least you care. Uh, review us. Say something positive, not negative. We don't need to read anything negative about any of us. But also, uh, you guys were amazing last week to me. Uh, when I asked you to come out and say and express it for friends or not, many of you did it. I hope I um, saw your tweet because it meant so much to me personally. It really uh, encouraged me through the week last week. Uh, and this week I want to give the directive. I know we did this kind of two weeks ago, but Ashley's on her honeymoon and Jared's on their, on his honeymoon. Reach out to both of them via some type of social media and just tell them how much you love them, how excited you are for them to start this next chapter in life, and how even if you couldn't be at the wedding, you still are proudly voicing your support of this marriage and that you will stand beside them from this moment forward as they continue to go through not an easy, not always a fun um, and not always the most exciting, but the most fulfilling li- uh, ride that we can uh, find with a partner in life. And that is a commitment to say you are mine forever and ever. Hey, we saw in the teasers uh, for uh, this next episode, uh, the battle for Hannah G continues. Blake admits he flew out to Alabama to see Hannah G before paradise. Oh, this is not going to go good for Blake. And Dean is coming down caterpillar on his face and all. Hey, uh, people in studio, follow my lead. I've been Ben. I've been Tori. I've been Danielle. I've been Easton. What about me? And we, what about me? Uh, I've hey, been, Amy. I've been Who Amy. I've been Amy. And we are the Almost Famous Podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll be back talking about Bachelor in Paradise very soon. Woo-hoo. Peace. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. 
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.